0: So that's what i'm saying the text
1: is like an object it's gonna change perspective based on where you're standing i don't know hello can you hear me can you hear me i missed you baby sweet it was a day hmm? it was a day please tell me you're seeing this too from seattle we're drinking the movies i'm taylor baker
0: and I'm Michael Claussen. That is terrible. Yo.
1: That is some smooth whiskey.
0: There you go. What kind of whiskey are you drinking?
1: drinking some Bushmills whiskey. You're mm. drinking the last bits of your Corona. And we are about to talk about some first impressions and then dig into some foreign films.
0: As we do. As we do. What are we doing first impressions of today?
1: We've got uh, Varda by Agnes. And then we have synonyms.
0: What are we doing first?
1: Varda, of course. Let's do it in memory of her.
0: Varda is number one.
1: Je voulais faire un film sur ces jeunes qui n'ont pas de toit et qui n'aiment pas la loi. Je voulais filmer ce que veut dire liberté et saleté et raconter une fille jeune qui fait la route. Et c'est
0: là que j'ai écrit le film sans loi. So I
1: guess that was a clip a trailer. I'll repeat for the audience. Um, This is an interesting way to start an episode that is going to be mostly about nihilism. Mm. Because you and I are just beaming with how lovely this woman is and how fantastic it is to hear her talk about her cinema.
0: It's pretty irresistible, right? Um, You know, what's better than watching one of her movies? Is her just kind of walking you through her movies? Yeah, I'm in. I feel
1: like she was hugging me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's pretty incredible uh, Just a couple minutes, just lovely um, What do you, you know, what can you say that hasn't already been said You know, she, she's just charming as hell um, I
1: I love the artistic um, flourishes that were even seen mm-hmm. in the documentary though Because she's on that tracking shot And then there's a real tripod But then on top of the tripod is a 2D like cardboard cutout Black and white It looks like oh. of a camera yeah. Like a classic yeah. camera yeah. and it's just, ugh, it's so. It's great. It, I don't know how to explain it.
0: Yeah, definitely. It. Uh, one to pair with a with a a Varda one, two or three of hers, perhaps. Um, we can watch them, and then she can tell us all about them. Or
1: maybe we'll watch them first or afterward. Yeah. And then you watch this for doc talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then. Do you want to know how the sausage was made first, or do you want to? Mm,
0: I usually prefer to watch the thing itself first, okay. and then find out how it was made. You, I not a hard and fast rule, but
1: I actually do like to know what I'm looking at before yeah. I watch it, so that I can have a heightened appreciation of it. Yeah, because just logistically, it's so hard for me to watch these films twice because there are so like you, you know, by the time we're at summer, we're gonna have that two month window where it's going to slow down for a bit then we're going to get back in this like six month track where everything comes out at once.
0: Busy fall. And always. we're just
1: not going to be able to watch the movie, watch the documentary and then re-watch the movie.
0: True. So True.
1: I, I yeah. do like to especially with the dead artist appreciate the sausage more.
0: There you go. We can we can come from different angles. Can.
1: Yeah. On to synonyms. Let's check it out. As a shame.
0: Alright, we just watched the trailer for synonyms. What'd you think?
1: Well, since there were no subtitles, I think it looks visually interesting. It appears to be about the army, about a Jewish man acclimating to Europe, mm-hmm. and about like the jewish customs and their way of thinking whether that's backwards or not um in play mm-hmm. in europe mm-hmm. at one point um it appears that his friend says that all women in france are vipers mm. um, i don't know if you picked up on that but i certainly it did not did. very nice um so definitely textually rich synonyms seems like our uh the name of the game here there's mm-hmm. a lot um that is probably being explored about faith and religion and um, about the nation of state and the nation of
0: duty. Mm. Yeah, I think this is a first for us, doing a first impression in entirely a foreign language. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I was kind of just gravitating towards the tone, focused on that, which is kind of interesting. Um, the the music definitely gave it kind of a, a upbeat, buoyant, kind of whimsical feeling even though the subject matter is clearly you know uh somewhat serious um so i'm interested to see um how that uh you know somewhat um light tone uh kind of leads us into that material
1: well i think that light tone will allow mm. us to get into that deep material yeah
0: yeah it's not uh, yeah it's inviting in yeah. a way
1: yeah which is uh, you know as good of a lead-in as we'll get for some very nihilistic films Mm. Um, from China this week, Here we, we are starting with mm. Ash's purest white, then we'll get into Long Day's Journey into Night, and then we will talk about an elephant sitting still. Let's get pure white with some ash.
0: So pure. So pure. you finished this less than like
1: four hours ago you were sitting
0: with me this is hot off the press
1: hot off the press
0: i saw it about a week ago we have different gestation periods that's the word certainly
1: (laughs) but this is a film i do not need to gestate on
0: (laughs) oh done
1: um lukewarm not negative
0: got it i loved it i thought it was fascinating gorgeous uh left me with lots to chew on, moved from start to finish, particularly in the second half.
1: We've talked about how I really do not care for these um, pop music Mm. things that pop up in these Chinese films that we've been Ah. watching. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it just, it pulls me out of it. It just, Mm. I find it very abrasive. Um, And I, I did feel like it was kind of holding me back from really getting to know what was going on mm. with her specifically mm. um and her emotions mm. like i understand she's a very withdrawn character um maybe that's a good tie in to that first impression we just did on varda um where mm. she's kind of explaining to the actress uh or they're talking about her previous role and how they didn't talk about who she was but how she'd behave mm. um and i don't i don't feel like i really know who that woman is by the end of ashes purest white mm. i do find some very rich themes throughout reflecting that title though
0: mm. that's interesting i think i had maybe the I, w- I would i would say the reverse where i was never quite sure what to do with that metaphor for ashes purest white and what they have the conversation about in the uh kind of landscape scene with the volcano in the background um I, I chewed on that for a bit i never was able to like map it onto the narrative in a super clean way um but i alternative alternatively was super involved with her um i was like devastated at times um particularly um when they first uh, i think the character's names are bin and chow when they first reconnect after their first kind of separation and they're in the hotel room she's you know taking the ferry after coming out of prison tries to track him down she realizes he's with someone new and ultimately she finds him and they're in that hotel room um and it's their first kind of reconnection after this long separation five For, years. yeah prior to which they uh were a um were a couple um and uh her starting to cry towards the end of that scene and like turning away from the camera um that was a wallop for me. Um, I, and I love the way that, like, it lets her turn away from the camera and, like, have that moment. Um, you know, sometimes uh, more conventional drama can, you know, I, push I up that emotion that. in your face. Um, I think that's something that's really special about this film is, like, knowing when um, to share a, a character's reaction with us versus when to... Um, give them like a moment of privacy. Like I love that kind of like empathetic gesture through the movie. Um, so I was super involved with her. Um, and uh,
1: do you feel like, you know who she is?
0: Um, I I don't know that I would, I, I would say I've, I've very much empathized with her. I've very much um, understood her story and yet found her to be a very complicated character. So I wouldn't say that I, know who she is and that's a good thing like that's what makes me want to like go see this movie again is just to better under uh understand like all that uh is who she is um but uh didn't get there right i didn't yeah um yeah i i mean i think uh i i think the the narrative itself between them is very sort of interestingly steeped in how um you know their their country is changing at the time. Um, you know, the idea that he is this the boyfriend bin is this aging gangster whose ways are sort of threatened by like younger generation. Was it Jing Yu? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's the name of the Which is gang or uh, I, I looked it up, Crime Circle or something.
1: Uh, well when I looked it up it was basically like um the na- the title for someone who's like a, a power figure in a triad.
0: Ah, uh, got it. Got it. Um, that might
1: not be a one-to-one translation. That's just what Google said. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, I think it's, I, I found it fascinating to uh, read it as a story about them um, first as a couple in their evolving relationship, but also about, um, this kind of generational change and like it plays out in this you know genre of, of the gangster film where his um, his ways are kind of being toppled by this you know these um, this younger generation that's uh, that we see quite violently um, react to him at some point and the way that that just is kind of um, paralleling the transformation of their um, the cities in which they are, they grew up and are living um, in China's kind of transformation. Um, I think that's fascinating. It's not something that like I perfectly, I don't understand like in to any great extent, like I'm no expert or well-read at all in like
1: you China over the past scholar?
0: two decades. No, not what? at all. Really? Um, but it's the kind of film that like, in, that really encouraged encouraged me to want to know more because I just found the, the symmetry kind of um, fascinating and not, um, like too heady I was also like super booped
1: so you don't feel like all that stuff you just described are m- m- pieces of some metaphorically rich tapestry for this idea of ashes purest white you're talking about this volcano in the background and right the, the statement that ashes purest white means a volcanic eruption that blows things up and melts things completely is the purest form of white and you're talking about this very slow, brutal change that is maybe impure. And then um, their experiences as characters were very reminiscent of this volcanic idea where, like, they just explode. The gun explodes. They go to jail. They're completely separated. It's basically like a pure start over. She comes mm-hmm. back to him, and it's just like totally different. And she has to adapt to that and then um doesn't he go back to jail and then he has to like readapt to the world after
0: uh
1: or does he get shot
0: um yeah he i i, for, I forget actually how he ends up in the in the wheelchair, wheelchair eventually. Yeah. yeah yeah um uh yeah i mean i i I, th- I think i see what you're saying it is definitely not something like i didn't like i like i'm s- still i like just not i'm not quite sure like in that metaphor like who is the ash? Like, are these characters the ash? Is is it just that this this turning point is like a, like thing, an like, explosion? Is the volcano mm.
1: the ash? Is the ash the volcano? Is the lava the volcano? Like, what is? I think that that's the point. Like to to think about it like that. And yeah, I, I think that yeah. there's also the fairy. Right, she's on the ferry, and they're talking about how they're building this dam, and mm-hmm. basically everything you see is going to be underwater. Mm-hmm. right and so that's the idea of rebirth as well
0: because mm-hmm. right
1: ash has this rebirth thing to it it's one of mm-hmm. the richest um minerals for growing mm-hmm. new life so anywhere that there's like a forest fire or a volcanic eruption within 20 years you'll see uh new growth
0: yeah yeah um yeah i i don't i don't doubt by any means that like there is a a, a more precise or there 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 is a precise sort of um mapping of the metaphor that that you're describing i, I just didn't um, really get a grasp of it in the moment i was yeah, you weren't leaning into other things there, that wasn't really my leaning springboard to the character yeah yeah yeah
1: i think just as a someone that leans more narrative i'm just going to mm. go towards their metaphors because that's metaphors speak to the narrative allegories yeah. and all that stuff and i i found the character very walled off
0: yeah um Oh, that's just fascinating. I mean, the the look on her face when she's uh, talking to Ben's new girlfriend. They might be married at the time. That's one time we do. Um, we are strictly no, right. watching These, her face. The, um,
1: the moments you brought up are like emotionally rich moments. Mm-hmm. But I think what I would say is that leading into those moments, I did not feel like I knew her. Uh so I do feel like I'm watching a stranger have very profound emotional moments but I don't feel like I know her.
0: Yeah, interesting. Like
1: I don't I don't know who she is in that jail. Like I don't know I I know that she likes to be in power but like that's mm. I don't really know who she is. Like I don't know what drives her. I don't know mm. what she loves. I don't know an, anything about her her deeper self. I would say. And and maybe, you know, the argument is, you're slowly being exposed to her deeper self, and so is she through those scenes that you're bringing up. Mm. Maybe I just have a have an emotional separation. Like that's just maybe not what I like. Mm. Hard hard, to, hard for me to say.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's partly the performance. Like I I think the actress just brought like immense gravity to the character. I just never doubted for a second that she didn't feel anything other than what her face was telling me she was feeling whether that was um you know utter sadness over um the realization that this is never kind of going to be what it was between them um whether it's uh you know incredible anger tied in with fear as she steps out of the car with the gun i I thought that was a fantastic scene like i love this movie is kind of open to its leaning into the gangster genre um you know it 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 gives us that line you've seen too many gangster movies it's it's willing to um recognize that that's exactly the um you know scaffolding that this is all laid on is a gangster narrative but uh also thought it was interesting, Sean Baker, as he usually does make astute observations um, compared it to Cold War. We're just talking a lot about Cold War today um, and how some of those leaps in time um, and how the romance between these two characters are really um, kind of inextricably linked to what the film's also interested in at sort of like the national level. Um, which I think is just really interesting.
1: Yeah, maybe this is a good... That's a good segue to talk about maybe what the... So we've only watched the first two as of now. We're going to watch An oh. Elephant Sitting Still and stitch that into the episode next weekend. Correct. But so far, these two Chinese films we've watched do seem to be making overt statements about the nature of a country like China. hmm And, um the ability to make their if you want to call them complaints or just statements about how they feel about politics and how you have to toe a line in order to get that work outside the country hmm. and and seen it all um, yeah. did, did you have any experiences while watching it or in reflection about um, how it's tackling china
0: um you're asking what I think this movie has to say about China.
1: Yeah, contemporary China.
0: Um, I I found it most just interested in what what it feels like for a person to experience this period of change in China. Hmm. I don't I don't find it to be making um, criticisms of China, or perhaps I just don't understand like the the economic and political change over the past two decades to really articulate what I think this might criticize or anything like that. Um, I find it more just about what it's like as a uh, person to live through a period of change and it attaches that to a couple going through an interpersonal change um, hmm. as, you know, his um, the, you know, his uh, sense of, of purpose and, and uh, who he was was totally wrapped up in being this this uh, leader of the um, John Zhu and that being completely um, torn apart and having to kind of find a new direction for himself and that sort of being something that he just can't do. Um, As illustrated
1: by the uh, appetizer plates.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think it's, for me, in some way, I don't think this is going to sound super vague, but to me, because it's about what it feels like to live through a period of change it's partly about kind of finding, like, new things to believe in, which is why I really kind of like the second half of the movie when it suddenly becomes kind of epic and expansive and you get that kind of, like, magical realist scene where she sees the, uh, like, shooting star or UFO. Um, I, I don't know. To me, there's something idea, some idea there about finding um, something new to believe in, to, to consider new possibilities um, that, I, that I just found really moving um but uh what about you did you did you feel it saying something about China
1: I did but I also what, I, I also th- I would say think that it's gonna make like when I watch a film from Turkey or Syria or the Middle East or China um, or any any Asian country that is going through upheaval um, or political turmoil um, from, religious structures or socialist structures i'm always going to consider their statements especially russian films um contemporarily loveless i thought was very very rich in its statements about um russia as a country Mm -hmm. by using the city lights um and its classwork and i found um like if you take that classic roman idea of breads and circuses right we're, we're watching these people scarf down noodles at buffets and banquets and celebrate weddings and go to these Chinese pop karaoke things and play, um, shoot, what's that game called? The tile game that they play? In? Mahjong. Right, so that's kind of their circuses and their breads. Hmm. So it feels like China is just kind of obsessed with keeping its, its, or not obsessed, but its goal is to keep its people occupied and fed.
0: It seems
1: mm. while it tries to steer its ship, mm. and we see that they're closing this town that her father owns the coal mine in, and I feel like, based on that setting, like you, you have to acknowledge that like old China's dying, and it's steering yeah. towards a new China, and they're fl- yeah. they're kind of raising the tide, yeah. And what came before is gonna be beneath the water now, kind of like the fairy says. Mm-hmm. And there's two moments I thought that really illustrate what. <laughs> maybe the difficulties are of this contemporary china Mm. um she um lies to get into the office after she sticks the water bottle through the door
0: yeah yeah correct
1: um and um shoot maybe that's not the scene maybe i'm I'm superimposing the scenes but there's a scene where maybe it's on the train i can't remember Mm. there's a scene where someone says something about the um Okay, so it would have been a tile scene or a mm. mahjong scene. And someone says that the coal mine is going to be closing.
0: Mm. And she
1: says, no, it's not. And they say, yes, it is, and basically. And then she says, no, it's not. Where'd you hear that from? And they mm. say, I I heard it on the internet. So if it's on the internet, mm. it, it must be true, right? Mm. And that is not a statement that is true in most the rest of the world. Mm. But in China, because it is a state-ran thing where you can't put something that the state does not approve of mm-hmm. that is a, a like a, this weird thing where it's like well is that worse than ours because right like mm. for us oh it's on the internet it must be fake in china oh it's on the internet it must be true it's a very um i think contemporarily rich idea and i i don't think that it's really a, a criticism so much as just a flat statement about contemporary china yeah um, yeah um and then the other one is when she's on the train and they meet the UFO fellow mm-hmm. um, and the man next to him that keeps asking the questions asks, oh, yeah. so are you, is, is this a state operation? And he says, no, it doesn't matter. And the other man kind of scoffs
0: mm. Yeah. and it, yeah. It,
1: it it very much shows that your business will succeed if the mm. state is involved and your business mm. won't succeed if the state isn't involved. Yep. and the state is pulling out of the coal mining town that her uh her father owns the coal mine mm. so I feel like there is a conversation happening about Chinese business and its dependency oh, yeah. on its state and how its state controls everything like it is not a yep. free market it is a controlled market by the state and that that might be good it might be bad it- it's yeah. hard to say
0: yeah yeah I yeah I mean I think that's all like fascinating stuff that only i mean that enriches it for me for sure yeah that Um, was definitely
1: the stuff that i liked
0: okay gotcha gotcha and and it Um, was her
1: character work not her character work because that that sounds there's something about the screenplay not letting me know who she is mm. i don't feel like i know any of her secrets i feel mm. like anything that i know about her i saw and that's maybe that's great mm. and i just don't i didn't appreciate it this time around Mm. Um but I I want to know like what keeps her up at night? I want to know what she loves? I want to know what her favorite type of dog is? Like mm. th- there's just you, you know what I mean? Like there's a mushy gushiness to her character that I don't feel like mm. I
0: know. I guess I would say she loves Ben. <laughs> uh, I mean it's a, it's a, it's, that, it's that partly a tragic her, romance. That seems um, to be
1: her actions, but I didn't get the sense that she was head over heels violently in love the way that mm. I did in Cold War.
0: I agree. That is a much more um, volcanic kind of um, uh, relationship, I think. Um, which is ironic because this is the one with the volcano metaphor. It is not I was thinking <laughs> Oh, the volcano really belongs in Cold War. Ah, there we go. We they they got a, they got have, a chat.
1: Both have minds. <laughs>
0: Whoa, dark stuff. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, the relationship in, in Ash and is White is certainly a bit more, it's a bit quieter, perhaps. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of exactly what I like about it. I mean, I, I just think scene to scene, um, I, I, I can't take my eyes off the people. Um, I I'll, I'll, I'll respond to the shooting style where there isn't a ton of cutting, um, like the scene we just watched towards the end in the Mahjong Parlor again. Um, one take just drifting back and forth between the characters. I like how that just lets m- me sort of walk into the scene. Um, I, you know, I think it's partly just through the style um, that I really felt like I was becoming involved with these characters um, at the same time that I'm also getting the opportunity to kind of explore this reflection of China over this period. Um, uh,
1: I think I'm just greedy. And I mm. want more. <laughs> it's fair. That's what this conversation's led me to believe. About Chinese mm. cinema almost. Like mm. I'm just greedy and I want like more through lines. I want to know more mm. who the character is. Like I want to know that, that is that character and I want to know why they're that character more. Yeah. Like maybe I need to watch some Chinese limited series to like really steep myself in like Chinese culture so that when I watch these films they feel more accessible to me. Because I do mm. feel like they're kind of holding me at bay the way that Black Mother held me at bay. Like there is mm. um in Parks and Recreation there is a episode about um Leslie Nope um being painted nude as the hunter.
0: I think I've seen this.
1: Um and the Cupid is, is painted as Aziz Ansari. And basically the religious group in Pawnee tries to get the portrait taken away. Uh-huh. Um and basically, it all leads to this conversation where um, Leslie quotes someone who I don't remember, um, and this this quote is: "I don't or pornography is hard to define, but when I know it or when I see it, I know it." Mm. Oh, and yeah. I th- I think that that's very true about foreign films
0: because Cold mm.
1: War doesn't feel foreign, Transit does not mm. feel foreign. But Black Mother felt foreign, even though it was an English language. I did mm. feel like it was a foreign film that I was watching. Mm. And these Chinese films do definitely feel foreign to me. Like, mm. I, I feel like I don't quite know how to unlock them. And and mm. so I think that that, that quote it kind of applies here, where, like, I, I don't think that foreign film, as it's defined, is really foreign. Like, Roma doesn't feel foreign to me. Yeah. And Irish I... film, is that foreign? Like, how do we define these foreign films?
0: yeah i yeah i don't know that like i i that that's always kind of i I think i agree with what you're saying i think it's always kind of frustrated to me to even think of it as a category that we have like cinema which is american cinema and then everything else which we call world cinema which is usually relegated to like one carousel at the bottom of whatever app you use yeah to me it's just like just like just like I remember Peter Bogdanovich saying there's no old movies, there's no new movies there's just the ones you've seen and the ones you haven't and I think of
1: foreign, I would agree, like yeah.
0: national cinema the same way like yes we live in America but movies are movies
1: and, um, and I think the internet and Netflix has really changed things where like when I watch a French film most often I don't feel like it's foreign when I watch a mm. uh, Mexican film I don't feel like it's foreign Canadian I don't feel like it's foreign if I were to watch a Native American film in all native american language i could mm. not call that foreign because that would be the most american it could be so like i yeah. I feel like this definition breaks down and mm. but there is a truth to things feeling foreign to mm. us and i i think that my own boundary might be with chinese films yeah. And, and even Russian films, kind of like the North Asian films. I feel like I don't really have mm. an access into because I I very much dig Japanese and Korean films, South Korean films, mm. um, and totally like vibe with them and understand them. You know, The Handmaidens, like one of my favorite mm. movies yeah. of all time. I love Okja, Snowpiercer. I, I mean, that's an American film, quote unquote, but it's from a, a South Korean filmmaker. Mm. So yeah. It, yeah. it is, it, it's very weird but I, I do think there's almost a visual language to these chinese films that we're going to talk about mm. that i don't and i'm not entirely acclimated to and they feel extra foreign to me whereas roman cold war did not feel foreign
0: yeah yeah um i mean i think it's hard to say right i mean i think i, I won't put word in your mouth but i would guess we both have seen a relatively small number of chinese films in total Yes, relative to any other nation, I know I haven't. Um, I've definitely so, seen
1: much more Japanese films, whether it's yeah. manga or live-action Godzilla films, when yeah. I was younger. Um, yeah, versus Chinese yeah. films.
0: Yeah, so to me, it does make it harder to say like do Do we might is it possible we don't like it because or you don't like it because it's Chinese or is it just that it's you
1: not just that don't, I don't like, like it. it? It's just that I don't. I don't really know how to watch it. If that yeah. makes sense, because I definitely like. Hmm. I I definitely don't dislike this movie. I'm very Damn. lukewarm on it. I'm very in the middle. Mm. Um, it it's kind of like it's kind of like Shoplifters, but lacks the emotional sincerity that I can oh, map map onto. Oh, it doesn't lack the emotional sincerity. It lack yeah. it lacks the emotional sincerity that I'm capable of of latching onto. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's like um, shoot. What's that thing? that i was watching um there's this new netflix show where like the baby won't latch onto the nipple and it's like Mm -hmm. i just can't latch onto this nipple i I need to learn how (laughs) love it that is great
0: can you put that in the review i I will (laughs) yeah um yeah i guess my only counter argument would be that i do feel like style can be universal and there are things here that um, I would I agree, respond. but I, I'm
1: not a visual intaker the way that you are. Mm. I think I'm more yeah. narrative-based. yeah. And yeah. so there is something about the Chinese narrative that is mm. very dependent on omens and yeah. on keystones of um, storytelling over time that I find e- exhaustive and annoying, honestly,
0: mm. in
1: the Western canon. But maybe it has a beauty in the Eastern canon, Um that I kind of have a wall built up to that I need to break down.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's well, yeah. It's interesting that you responded to this or not this one, but Cold War. Um, what do you think it was about Cold War? Cinematography
1: and like um, emotions visibly that I can map map onto and relate with. Oh, see, I had that here. You just—that's crazy.
0: Um, you're not crazy. The difference is crazy. No, I'm crazy. It's cool. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I felt like there was a a language here that any person, a person anywhere in the world could identify with. Like, I remember...
1: I I um, agree. There's moments, but I feel like at the end of it, I don't entirely know who they are. hmm. And I feel like at the end of Cold War, I knew who Joanna and... um, Shoot, I can't remember the male actor's name i've
0: definitely spent more time thinking about her after the fact than him unfortunately
1: i i feel like i knew who they were like i Mm. i know what that type of love is better maybe that's my own personal Mm. experiences and i i don't feel like i really understand this business relationship that she feels deeply emotionally and he feels Maybe like I have a question about whether or not Ben even feels it or if he just likes the stability that she provides him with.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he is, uh, the more opaque one. Um, right. Like I think we see her emote more visibly. Um, and, and then especially it's like, there's sort of this like emptying of like emotion from him after this sort of, uh, cataclysmic event happens. And, and he, doesn't know how to move forward. Um, and I could understand. literally
1: can't move forward without help. Yeah. Her help, um, right? In the wheelchair.
0: Yeah, but for me, it's like him becoming so walled off was like the, the, the idea of the narrative. is like she, I think she wants, like she can't help but want to connect and I, like I don't think he is in anywhere in a place where he can even be open to that kind of relationship again. That's um, interesting.
1: Do you think there's a correlation between like the damn symbolism of the dams and him building up walls
0: that's great that's great uh connection um so yeah i mean i I think he's maybe the the harder one to um you know immediately involve yourself with um but uh yeah yeah i don't know we just split that happens
1: and I don't think I'm right. I I just think that. Oh, I know you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, if I said anything else than what I've said, I would be lying. That's all I can say.
0: There you go. It's got say how you feel.
1: It's been a long day. Let's journey in tonight.
0: Let's do it in
1: 3D. In 3 d 3D. <laughs>
0: you were not a huge fan of long days journey into night directed by bygone is that correct
1: that's a safe way to put it that is an accurate way to put it i am not a huge fan of this film i do find it very rich for discussion though and we're about Mm. to find out if that's a true statement that i just made
0: Let's do it. <laughs> I was bowled over by it. Um, I was very excited. It very much lived over or lived up to my expectations. This is just like exactly my kind of movie. Um,
1: I that will be is open exactly about what that. I was thinking while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Like this is Michael's catnip.
0: Yeah. Um, this is
1: you know our great grandmother's uh, Coca Cola, also known as cocaine soda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I have a uh, an ever changing and rotating list of favorites on Letterboxd That's like a hundred films. Um, but then I also have another list that's just called like Epitomies of oh, my. Oh, I thought taste. you meant your top four. Oh, oh no. Well, that too. But I have you know my a list. Never <laughs> I know you stick to the brand. I like that. Um, but I, know I additionally what you did with me. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I additionally have one that's just like epitomes of my taste, like the kind of thing, like if I if I had to pick one kind of thing in cinema that I just really gravitate to, um, it's something- Is it Tom in.
1: Cruise films in the 90s and early 2000s?
0: Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. I
1: like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I also mean like Minority Report, you know, <laughs> the good stuff.
0: Yeah, the ones I have in there are like David Lynch's Mulholland Drive, uh, Kieslowski's The Double Life of Veronique. Uh, Terrence Davies. Is it Veronique
1: Lund- or is it Veronique K?
0: Uh, I hadn't, you are probably correct. I don't okay.
1: know. No, I'm just asking because I thought it was a French film and I thought that the E's were like announced like that.
0: entirely possible. All right, let's don't get take the out out esoteric for it. area and yeah. get back into reality. Um, but anyways, what I think, what I responded to in Long Day's Journey Tonight that I think it kind of has in common with those films, um, is sort of fractured storytelling, um, an elliptical kind of narrative that you're saying that was a
1: visual metaphor that set you up for this fractured storytelling a little bit was it like a fractured mirror <laughs> doesn't hurt doesn't hurt no it's it's very clearly what you're saying it is yeah and it is exactly what you respond to in love
0: um and you know it's I, I i feel it um dealing with things that cinema as an audiovisual medium is particularly well equipped to explore which is things like dreams and memory these sort of things that are difficult to really um put your put your hands around that um uh movies can recreate the feeling of um
1: should we start with the marrow first just out of the gate I'll ask you a question hmm. is the 3d sequence real or a dream
0: I think it is a flattening of dreams, reality, and memory. I think it is sort of a fusion of the three for me.
1: Do you know about the film Jacob's Ladder? Uh I know of it. Yes. Okay.
0: I, were you talking about about a movie in your review? Yes. Oh, okay. For reader or er, for listeners, you had referenced Jacob's Ladder in your review. I thought maybe you just meant like the concept of a Jacob's Ladder. It's
1: Which, definitely... The film is about that as well. I've sense. actually yeah. never okay. seen the film. Um, there's a film podcast called How Did This Get Made? Ah. from Paul shear And mm. he always has Jason Manzukis and his wife, uh, June Diane Raphael, on there. Mm. And Jason Manzoukas always makes this joke, is it a Jacob's Ladder scenario? And the mm. conceit of this Jacob's Ladder scenario appears to be that um, the whole film is about this man who is dying and it's like... in it's like his dream thoughts and life experiences and imaginings as he's dying. Got it. And I question whether or not, because we put on our 3d glasses in this theater and that assassination was to happen in the theater, whether Mm -hmm. or not we are watching the person who was getting assassinated in the theater.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, but I thought it was our main character who was carrying out the assassination. That's
1: the, that's where it's like i don't know if he's killing himself i like
0: oh got it. i
1: i don't mm. know how dreamlike this thing gets
0: got it got because it because
1: i when i started i i had said that it feels kind of like murakami and mm. i i mean it uses a lot of the tropes of murakami a lot of the mm. illusions of murakami but murakami by the end normally makes a, a clear statement about who his characters are and mm. i don't feel like i got to there with this personally maybe maybe other people had that experience i did not
0: yeah i i did not feel like that was the the goal or that was not what i was feeling myself trying to do it was just under understand um perfectly who this guy was it's partly to me in a way it's just sort of like this supreme aesthetic experience of um what uh it feels like to remember things and how um your memory can kind of feel like a prison that you both can't escape but also don't want to leave in a way um i love i I love that metaphor during the uh long take um I, i i love how evocative it is of uh noir and everything that i love about noir right like um that this film can kind of feel like this ultra art house Tarkovsky slow cinema and also make me think of Hitchcock's Vertigo, um, with the use of the you know, the double, like, you know, the 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 lookalike, like how like that's like one of the like defining kind of noir tropes. Um so you know, So
1: you just, thought she was look alike.
0: Um, well, it's
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't like her bottom. No fair enough Um, because like if it's a dream then it's just a representation of that girl and it's his subconscious telling him that it's not her yeah I just I I can't follow the turtles all the way down in this one
0: yeah I, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's what like this kind of cinema is about for me is trying to figure it out like I do not feel like it is a puzzle movie where like people should be uh trying to dissect what everything means it's about what it feels like um
1: so this is your holy motors
0: uh yeah probably i yeah um i think this kind of experience is very is can be very personal um and it, that one clicked what, for you. what you're saying makes Maybe. a lot
1: of sense to me it's just i as I was watching it, I didn't feel like I could map my emotions onto it. I mm. honestly don't feel like I have time. I and I think that's my thing mm. with these Chinese films, is mm. that I'm I'm trying to watch it, I'm trying to read it, and I'm trying to map myself into it. And I just mm. don't find enough time for that third thing to happen. I mm. think
0: you want it slower.
1: I it's not that I want it slower. It's, that I, with it being it's slower. that I want it. Mm. I want to be faster. Mm. When I watch these, I want to watch these better. I want to be more tuned into these. Like next time we mm. watch three Chinese films, I want to watch <laughs> some Chinese TV or limited series, and I want to be prepped and ready to for the experience because I yeah. feel like I'm like at fault because everyone's loving these movies and I'm just not mm. there.
0: Yeah, but I I don't think of myself like I don't approach this movie first and foremost as a Chinese movie. Like I I don't know that that's the right. I don't, I don't want there's, I maybe, agree. there's no right way it's not but,
1: just a Chinese movie yeah but I think that the fact that it is a Chinese movie and I seem to have trouble with these language this language of film um mm. that maybe I have some homework that I need to do
0: yeah yeah um it's a possibility um I mean for me there was there was just relatable stuff a guy returning to his home down for his dad's funeral um you know he has all these memories that he's working through the uh the murder of his best friend him returning to or him returning to this memory of the girl he fell in love with
1: the broken clock (laughs) the photograph in the broken clock (laughs) the broken watch the firework the meaning of eternity the meaning of transition it was all a little bit pretentious for me
0: oh i hate you know i hate that word oh it's the worst
1: I do, too, because there's a lot of pretentious shit that I love, dude. Like what? Mother. Right? Uh, That's like the first uh, thing to think of. But you get Blade Runner. Um, I don't know. You, if can you call them pretentious. People would.
0: People I, would, but... I,
1: I'd say large swaths of general population would. And this is just one yeah. of those things where when I was watching, I was like... This is a little bit... Like, you're you're leaning on what i think of as like pretentious storytelling like you're you're mm. using these things in non um, new ways like like it just wasn't mm. fresh to me i, I guess is mm. my main complaint like i didn't feel like anything was too original it was just steeped in old tropes keystones of epic narratives from the last mm. two thousand years, right? Like, there's there's stuff from Beowulf. There's stuff from uh, the Iliad. There's stuff from, um, uh, what's his name? Dostoevsky. Like, there's you. If you go to the like the big storytellers, like he's using all that stuff, and I feel like he's using it the same way, not really mm. in this fresh sense, right? Like mm. you knew that you were encountering this version of the Minotaur when he wakes up mm. and opens the, the thing and the little boy walks out with the, with the um, Mask bull on. skull on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just... It's using all these things that I'm very familiar with, and I don't feel like it's using them in a non-familiar way. Mm. Um, and and it, it, I don't know. It just lacked a certain originality in its narrative for me. Mm. But well, it's a, mm. the originality was on point in its cinematography and visual appeal
0: mm. completely understood what you experienced could not feel differently total 100 percent the other direction um it felt 100 percent fresh to me it was reminiscent to me of some of like what i already said just the the kinds of films that i loved the most um i could Uh, spend all day thinking just uh, how exactly the films this guy has seen in that dirty movie theater has shaped who he is and the extent to which the the cinema he has seen has sort of um, perpetuated the ideal that he has for this woman as it as she sits in his memory Um, how it uh, might uh, cultivate some of the uh, shittier behavior that he does exhibit to her Um, um, how you know cinema can both sort of uh, function as a as a respite from um, despair if he's feeling that and at the same time be the thing that sort of fills you f- fills you with longing for a particular thing in the first place. Did you get the um, sense
1: that um, he might be the same character as Wildcat? Uh,
0: it, yeah, that did kind of cross my yeah. mind, but I don't know that I really landed there. You?
1: Okay. Yeah, it felt very... Uh, Herman Hesse wrote uh, what I think is one of the greatest works in like the Western canon. It's called Demian, and it's... I guess I don't want to spoil it for readers, potential readers of it, but it's essentially a story very much like this where you don't know if these separately named boys are separate boys or mm. not um, until the end. Um, uh, and I definitely got the sense from this that it was leaning into that in a way that just generally didn't work for me, I guess. Like, it I don't just, know that I, I mean
0: it crossed my mind, but we do like see Wildcat as his own person. Um,
1: but it's in a dreamscape, it's unreliable, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing as transit to me. Like, just because mm-hmm. we're being told something doesn't mean that thing's gonna come true, I guess,
0: yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I guess I... Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I mean, you, you, it's, it's difficult, difficult to like argue in this. Like you said, it's a film.
1: flattening of reality and dreams and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree because... I would specifically agree with that way of looking at the film, although that yeah. wasn't my experience, based on, like, the cover of the film, mm. looking very much like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer something that emphasizes like mood atmosphere and evocative quality over um, uh, narrative clarity to be honest um, I'm I go to the cinema first and foremost to 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 feel something to just uh, uh, just luxuriate in the quality that um, the images can give me and um, you know whether I perfectly understand these characters is besides the point because I I feel something either way. Um, it's uh, the kind of movie which is it's interesting that it is so critically acclaimed because I always find that these kinds of movies are challenging for critics sometimes because um, it, it's kind of easy for a critic to dissect a piece that follows some somewhat of a more literary convention in a way when you're just kind of like talking about it in the context of like a hero's journey or something like that i think um just di- very much what this is i disagree what? um yeah for sure really um, okay I, I i i don't i mean it might allude to that but i don't think that this um is uh i that is not where the appeal like, here is really coming from um i think the like it's it's more about the 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 sensual experience of it um that i find just uh uh incredibly tantalizing
1: okay <laughs> um. i
0: just look at you and i'm like respond <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a question <laughs>
1: So, true or false, he <laughs> exits the movie theater by um, an up-and-down uh, thingy on a train track.
0: The most overt stalker reference. Okay,
1: yeah. right. And, and mm. then happens to be in a labyrinth that he can't get mm-hmm. out of, which we see illustrated on the ping-pong table that he leads to his release. He unleashes the Minotaur, who releases him. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then he descends into the darkness which is a locked town. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's not a hero's journey.
0: Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll swallow my words. I just I would you say that that is this film's really concerned with um perfectly executing the hero's journey like i i don't know
1: i think that um, it can
0: it can allude to that it can maybe like refer to that i think it's reliance on
1: omens narrative keystones and tropes do end up giving it a a opaque at Mm. at like like i'll give you that it's maybe an an opaque hero's journey especially based on how it ends Mm. um but I, I do think that it definitely mirrors the hero's journey um, mm. throughout it as a piece. And it it is definitely um, a dream film, though. So it does not make clear mm. assertions about what this hero's journey is. But I do feel like it has this classical hero's journey narrative mm. um, trait to it. And I would agree that mm. it is the sensuality of the lens, of mm. the long takes, of the um, just beautiful gloss to this camera that gives it the artistry that makes me completely mixed on it. Like, Mm. I totally get loving it. I totally get loving Burning. But I also get why Labuza rated it lower than me, because it just feels hollow, Mm. and it feels like an artifice of something built on something that is empty to me based on my experiences with narrative and how this feels like it is an empty narrative based on shells of characters but I do understand how other people might be filling those empty shells with themselves or um, getting something else different from it and I understand where that beauty can be found but I Mm -hmm. also think that it's I think that this is one of those things where like if someone gives it a zero or a five Mm. I totally get it and understand where you're coming from and yeah, I think that's the yeah. benefit of me giving it a two and a half. Is like, yeah. I'm not in either camp, and I totally see the merits of both camps.
0: Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go from there.
1: Um, let's talk about the visual repetition of the female behind um, that shape of the grate in the fence. Um, so he has a mm. conversation with his mom's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, in the present. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. right. I and think for um, a second what you're talking about. So
1: there's the glass, and then there's that um, kind of a hexagonal shape of wiring in the glass, yeah. right? Yeah. And then at the end, um, after she exits to the other side of the gate, that gate is the same hexagonal pattern. Yeah, yeah. Interesting symbology there, right? Visual symbology about um, these people that he's emotionally tied to, and um, right, one is out of the dream, one is in the dream. And so he's maybe coming to terms with the fact that he has to let go.
0: Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Love that. Um, yeah, the scene in the jail took me, like, I almost had to, like, adjust my eyes during that scene because of how the background in that shot um, ultimately seemed to take on, you know, some kind of movement to it. Yes. Um, which was fantastic. Um i mean just water itself as a motif throughout the entire thing um and how often i almost felt like tears and rainfall could be interchangeable um the way you know the water damaged houses the first shot within the 10 first 10 minutes of us um kind of tracking alongside like a rusted uh piece of machinery or something like that for me was sort of this like Representation of how, just like how you know, water can change the shape of a material thing with time. Your memory can change shape and, and, and morph.
1: Definitely, um, if you think about the ground in that room where the water was dripping, it mm. did show erosion of the drips. Oh yeah, in the floor.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think I think the color is great. Um, the uh, the it's not you know real ostentatious neon. Um, I know the color is not as much of a thing but um it certainly mm, is. Not.
1: Yeah. But what what was its overall color?
0: Well, I Did mean it have one? Did yeah, the when the dream
1: sequence have a separate one from the live action? Give me a breakdown.
0: The, that's what's difficult is that Tell me the deets. As we talked about a little bit already, I personally just could have done without the 3D, particularly because the movie's already dim enough and that only dims it more, dims it more. Um and uh
1: well, I just, I, I maybe just we would've. should say like in, in a bunch of reviews that I read, um, it said that most theaters in North America aren't equipped to even project this film. So uh. there's a chance that that version we watched is like those versions where like mm. it was much dimmer than it should be because I had a significantly hard time making out images in a, a number of scenes
0: yeah um
1: and i don't know if was like the colorblind thing or, or if like that was universal it, it
0: was dim for sure it didn't it didn't detract f- from the experience for me a whole lot but um you know throughout most of that long take when he's sort of um you know just drifting throughout this um town square um it's you know a, a dark scene but there are sort of these punctuations of um uh neon you know tube lighting and the the hanging of lights kind of around the stage um i i just just visually just gorgeous for me i, I really like the feel of it and really still totally natural you know um that that long take did not ever feel um ostentatious for me i just was sort of Did taken... you ever feel
1: like you were feeling the mechanics of it?
0: 100%. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, and that
1: didn't ruin it, which I was surprised by.
0: Yeah. Um, I haven't done a lot of reading about the film yet. I did hear one interview with him, and he does a really long take in, in his first film, too, Kylie Blues. And that one's even, like, a little rougher. Um, but he talks a little bit about how um, he, he's just he's just more interested in the quality of, of, of continuity than, like, technical perfection. Yeah. Um, and um you know I, I I can kind of understand how if if the camera does move this way or that way that in in some it doesn't make a whole lot of difference for me um and I think it does really contribute to the dreaminess of it um but uh, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought most of it was was gorgeous um the performances themselves is kind of hard to like chew on on I almost just think about like them these people more in terms of like the presence they have on screen rather than like the mechanics of their performance I just I just I didn't get in there yeah I just separation for us yeah um I very I just very much felt um the the way in which she you know feels both kind of distant and close to him depending on the scene
1: the, w- the way um, you're describing this sounds just like how i felt about holy motors which is really interesting oh, to me just a flip-flop yeah
0: yeah because like uh, i wasn't
1: watching the mechanics of ava mendez i was watching like what she represents like mythologically within this context of uh, what was being evoked in, in that sewer scene and, and like the uh the eating of the hair and everything yeah and i definitely think that they're yeah, I wish that I would have been able to do that. I wish I would have Mm. latched onto these characters' as um, symbologies more than Mm. actors, but they did... Mm. I did just kind of have a barrier where I felt like they were an actor. Definitely, the second time we encounter her and she's got the leather jacket on, that definitely helped me kind of allegorize her more rather than view her as a performer, but I still had that wallop where she felt like a performer to me. Her performance did not exactly work for me throughout.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know how wide of a release art house wise this is getting. Getting, but I'm kind of curious to know if the selling point of a 50 minute 3D long take is going to bring people in, hoping for something a bit more energetic than than what it is. That's what um, I was. Exp-
1: I I thought we oh, were really? going to get some violence.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought like um, oh,
1: 3D, 50 minutes. Like, okay, last time we watched a great long take, it was mm-hmm. an Outlaw King. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did not get what I booked my ticket for, but what I got, I'm really happy I interacted with. Just like Black Mother, um, so it's fair yeah. to say.
0: Yeah, I I do fear that that that's it's a difficult movie to market, and I kind of wonder if they're maybe using if they're relying that on that a little bit too much. I think uh, I would I would still be cautious about who I recommend it to, um, and not use that as the selling point. and and someone's going to go, oh, that sounds so dope. And I'll be like, well, it's pretty meditative.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You've seen Tarkovsky. Imagine 50 minutes. Precisely. Um, So it sounds like we're maybe ramping down. um, If there is a conversation to be had about how this might reflect on bigger China, maybe Mm. right here, did Mm. you have any themes that you felt like it was digging into that were about um, Mm. its nation?
0: I really do not, to be honest. I did not think about it in those terms. What about you?
1: I, I think the biggest ones that are very easy and, you, you know, very cheap.
0: Oh, I'm so stupid.
1: To, no, like it's cheap. Like what I'm oh, doing oh. Is, is cheap. It, it oh, might, oh, it might oh. not be in good faith or earnest, but I do think that there is a, at least a reach to be made about the sparkler and the watch, right? Transition mm. and eternity. And the, um how he descends into this place that is walled off you're not allowed to get through and if you want to get through the gate you basically Mm. have to hold a gun to someone's head Mm. um and i i do think that there could be a statement being made about what it's like to be in china right now Mm. you are in a walled garden Mm. there is a gate to get out but you you basically have to kill someone to get through Mm. and um is it really that much better on the other side no mm. you know on one side there's pool and there's this um chinese karaoke it's very much reminiscent of k-pop there's food there's mm-hmm. sparklers there's all this same stuff um bread and circuses right mm. but on that gate there's opportunity there's freedom mm.
0: um
1: and i do think that it does um i i think there's a case to be made that it might be exploring those motifs or that those motifs might be permeating China because of the nature of that nation state at the moment.
0: Yep. Yeah. Let's
1: leave it at that. Well said. On to an elephant sitting still, which we will record next week.
0: Gotta sit through it first.
1: That will be an <laughs> elephant and I will not sit still. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. That is good.
0: Drinking a Northwest Pilsner today.
1: Even though we're still on the same day. Totally. 100%. 100%. Last time we recorded those Chinese films.
0: Still comfortably on the couch.
1: This is a nice Northwest Pilsner. You are relaxing. You've chosen to stand up for yourself by sitting down. As I do. And all of this is going to get cut. <laughs> so that I can expedite our conversation about an <laughs> elephant sitting still. That's right. Hubo. Hubo. Also known as Woo Boy.
0: <laughs> this is a big movie. It is, is. a real big movie. Uh, this was one of my most anticipated movies of the year.
1: It was. Um,
0: also one of the most daunting. Um,
1: it certainly was that to me.
0: Yeah. At the time, I really didn't know that much about, like, the content of the story. I just, like, had seen positive stuff, seen people really respond to it, knew the, uh, uh, story fact of, of his suicide. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Otherwise, I just knew that it was, like, practically four hours and thought it sounded like a gauntlet. Um, I ultimately did not feel like it was that. um, Like, I could honestly say that there were other movies here that felt longer to me. Like, I actually thought it was, um, like, it it had a real sense of movement for me. It was not the uh, brutal thing I thought it might be. What about you?
1: I 100% agree. I actually was thinking about this earlier. Um, before you came over and i was thinking the wild pear tree felt longer to me it's about 30 minutes shorter than this runtime but there's moments in the wild pear tree that just really you feel the seams kind of break and his Mm. budget as a filmmaker and kind of just how how daunting of a project that was Mm -hmm. and something about hubo's style is just so effortless and so seamed together And for some reason, like, these long lingering shots don't exhaust me the way that that, um, what was the film that you just rewatched this week with Gabby? Um, Oh, uh,
0: Long Day's Journey Into Night. Yeah, for
1: some reason that movie just exhausted me, like, completely. Even even though it was dazzling to watch these long takes, I didn't feel like it was rich so much as, like, a superfluous performance piece. Like, look at what I can do with the camera and how we cannot ever cut. Like, it is very cool. But he does some very long shots in here and I feel like all of them are honest and they're not just there to be... I don't feel like any of them are there to be cool. They're just there because that's the way that he sees the story, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. For me, it did, in one sense, give it somewhat of a um, kind of episodic feel. Like, each take kind of feels like a the the next sort of small chapter in this giant uh, novel of a movie um yeah
1: novel
0: yeah um it just feels big um because it is big in runtime um but yeah i mean i feel like each of those long takes make it um just make it that much more clear how sort of like um enduring this feeling of like complete despair is for these people like if it was cut that would sort of provide some relief each time Um, it just it gives it that sense of this being a feeling that is not going away it is continuous um, which makes it uh, very hard but uh, very beautiful at the same time Uh, but um, yeah I uh, you know would be cautious about who I recommend it to because I kind of feel like um, if you don't like any, like, one 30-minute segment of this movie, you're probably not going to like the next 30-minute segment and the one following it because there is sort of, like, um, a pretty stable uh, mood to it. And that's exactly what I like about it. But, um, uh, like, it is a, a pretty relentless um, exercise in pain, I guess.
1: That's so... A- It's a weird movie to talk about, but it's a weird sentence you just said. Like, if you don't like any 30-minute segment, you're not going to like it. And, like, I totally know what you mean and agree with you. And then I think on Letterboxd, I put the heart. I gave it four Mm. stars. The heart means like according to their formula. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think I liked any 30-minute segment Mm. in totality. I liked moments of the 30 minutes, maybe. Like, I, Mm. I definitely did like moments, but, like, I never... I, f- I don't I almost think that like because it's so nihilistic you just can't use normal words of expression and I don't think that Agreed. you're wrong I just think that like a movie like this begins to break down how we can communicate because it's like can you really like hearing a dog get kicked while it's murdering another dog? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, can you like a boy getting pushed down the stairs? Can you like a man being shot in the leg like <clears throat>
0: you don't like it
1: exactly so there's like this there is a weird nihilistic breakdown that hubo communicates to us and it it's something like the suffocation of the society itself like um we're going to talk about camp later but one of the things in camp um specifically in a film called welcome to the dollhouse is she begins running into these metaphorical fences and then Mm. uh, she runs into a literal fence it's one of my favorite Mm. moments in the film And this has something like that, where every time these people reach out to other people, they Mm. either go deeper in this pit of running away Mm. or they're pushed away.
0: Yeah. And we see that
1: with the old man and his family um, moving him to the home. Mm -hmm. We see that um, they need to do that in order to get their daughter into an apartment in a school district that will work. We see the school district um not handling these children and, and moving to like it it's incorporating two schools together um it like like it's just it's all a, like this slow moving pressure of death yeah it feels like
0: yeah yeah uh which all sounds terrible right but like, is but it's very not, elegant
1: um, and yeah. very beautiful to watch and has a just awesome score I really liked the music in this one
0: yeah 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 it's uh, uh, more for me about not just um, you know the immediate pleasure of it but more about like the authorial expressiveness and just the um, satisfaction of being sort of enveloped in um, an artist's view of the world
1: do we know Um, do you know if Hubo was the DP as well as the director
0: that I don't know that is a good question um, because there is some fantastic camera work.
1: And, and the, it's a very reactive type of uh, camera work. Um, you're, you're watching a character in close-up sometimes lean forward out of frame, and the camera will catch up, and then he'll lean backwards out of the frame, and the camera will go back up. So it's um, it's honestly... I, I just kept thinking Guy Ritchie the whole time I mm. watched it. It's just very mm. handheld super sharp super clean two-thirds rules character in the center. Um, mm. depth of frame is is very um, shadow ridden. Um, I just I kept thinking of Guy Ritchie and it That's and I kept thinking like how that that London industrial um, style when you think of like lock stock and two smoking barrels or even train spotting with Danny Boyle is mm. very much what you're seeing in this movie like it's a very industrial style like high um concept lo-fi film
0: Mm. yeah 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 for me when when i think about long takes when they really when they sometimes um just feel like too much a work of um kind of preparation in a way like birdman i really i personally did not care for birdman and it was something about how sort of not spontaneous. Th- those long takes take, or in that case, it's like you know the illusion of a I think single take, the whole movie, right? Whereas here, everything feels um, super spontaneous. Even though you kind of have to think that there was planning behind each of these shots. Oh um, man, when they're right? in the
1: cafe and the dude runs up and slaps that paper on the window.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And,
1: and you realize like how long you've been in that scene in the cafe, and that you cut there right after like a a. The boy was watching her in the cat like oh yeah it's just yeah. these long lingering takes are all tied together and like you I don't know about you but I just stopped noticing that they were long takes even like yeah. I, I yeah. didn't have time to measure because I was just trying to make sense of the world
0: yeah yeah it's yeah you're more just kind of being bowled over by it than you are uh sitting there imp- impressed by it yeah. I am I feel that too but I feel that more in like in hindsight in the moment I'm just in it um He did not shoot it himself. He did edit it, however. Okay. Which is interesting.
1: Um, Cinematography was Chow Chow
0: Fan. That's right. Um, Well, I'm a fan of Fan. Agreed.
1: I I I would like to see what what else he does. Yeah. I found a way into Chinese cinema, finally. I just took uh, existential nihilism.
0: Yeah, yeah. In an examination
1: Um, of post-industrial culture in China. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And a man to commit suicide. So maybe it wasn't worth it after all
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah it is uh it's a heck of a movie big i mean just to think that it's a debut like that's just crazy um that that for uh a first movie i mean somebody would be uh wanting to make something this uh just massive and uh uh committed like that. that's why why it works is that, is that it like it does just feel so committed to immersing you in this particular um, understanding of the world which is just so uh, defined by hopelessness like like movies just so often are not willing to do that um, and I, I think I do see like a fleck of, of hope in that final shot I don't know if you do or not um, we're I've talking seen...
1: the, about the elephant um, making it sounds
0: I, it, it, yeah, exactly. That's the scene I'm after after everyone
1: yeah. gets off the bus and the little girl is kicking the rocks. It, yeah. Um,
0: they're, yeah, um, they're kicking the rocks. I thought they were playing like Hacky Sack too. Um, or maybe it was just with a rock, but I was like, oh my God. Like, this is the only time in this entire movie that I think I've seen someone do something for fun. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just the like human instinct to look for it, right? You you don't want the movie to end without it, so maybe maybe it's just the desire to find it there. Um, I, I I think I I felt it in that final shot, but what about you? Did it? Did it? I, not... I mean,
1: there's definitely a triumphant sort of vibe to the fact that they made it on the like the train was a dead end. They got on the bus. They they made it to their halfway point and they hurt right because it doesn't take them all the way to um manjuli
0: yeah yeah. um
1: it dropped them off at a town that starts with or a, a region or province that starts with s i believe and we hear the elephant far away and yeah there's these people kicking rocks and there's there is a certain triumphantness to them doing something and not being told no yeah yeah um that is very much earned by the runtime and how much they're told no and how much they're pushed away and fenced in and and all these ways. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't. Do you want to maybe be dig into um, like contemporary? Like just we were talking about a movie um, and you were talking about how there. Ah, we were talking about Richard Linklater's um, movie that's from the Philip K. Dick book, *A Scanner Darkly*, ah. and how contemporary news was kind of. and and making that a a deeper and richer text right this uh very week alibaba's uh head came out in support of the 996 work schedule Mm. they have six days a week nine to nine Mm. and said that it's a gift for them to be able to work these i think it's 60 hour work weeks Mm. um or maybe it's 80 hour work weeks and, and how that's a gift and a blessing And uh, the Chinese people trying to say, like, no, you know, trying to do their impression of unionizing,
0: Hmm. and
1: uh, Alibaba saying, no, you're very, very lucky, and you know, like, there is a a system of oppression that existed in Maoist China that is now that version's gone, but there's the new version where the state-run capital structure. Is somewhere between socialism because every company, if it wants to succeed, essentially has to operate for the state's good, mm. and then the state regulates what they're allowed to do, what they're allowed to see, and they have to um, basically have complete rights. You know, in order for Google to go in there, they had to surrender all of the user infrastructure. I believe I just saw um, Amazon's pulling out its um, fulfillment centers mm. in China. You know, so this is very much a a place that controls itself and it is hem. Like it has its, its social fences and it mm. keeps people in place. And there's only so much room at the top, it seems like. Mm. And so there's a consequence down. And I think mm. that this, this film maybe expresses hubo and, and the people that he grew up with, maybe how they feel in this structure of a, of a country that's by all accounts on the world stage doing just things that we didn't think were possible in the 1980s to um, bring its people out of poverty,
0: mm-hmm. but the
1: cost of that, the day-to-day life of that, is so meaningless for some of these people and so ho- helpless or, or hopeless that there is um, a lack of of freedom to be found for them that they turn towards existential nihilism and many of them suicide. You know, we heard about yeah. the suicides. Um, in the nets that they had to put in for the yeah. iphone screens you know yeah like this,
0: uh yeah i forget what that company's called yeah yeah
1: Yeah, we, we've just we've heard about this in culture so much about yeah. the chinese culture and i think that this is very much that cry of like this is what it felt like to me to be here
0: yeah yeah uh all 110 percent valid points um uh not much to to add only um because I mean, I think I personally just came at it from like a um, more like uh, lens of humanity rather than like a cultural lens. Just personally, um, I mean, I think that's all one hundred percent there. Um, but um, I don't know. I there there were the the angles I kept finding myself kind of looking at it from were things that I kind of dispelled, like were um, crossing cultural boundaries i guess um you know thinking about things like um early on when um there's the like vice principal of the school we meet in that dark room a couple times and uh i don't remember if it's one of the main characters or a side character who walks in to his room kind of off screen and we hear him slip on a banana peel that he had tossed down and i remember thinking to myself like being a little nervous after Watching that and think like, is this gonna be four hours of like that kind of thing, um, and like not being sure if I was really gonna respond to that kind that of that was thing. kind
1: of like an exterminating angel moment, wasn't it? It it was. Like it almost it, broke um, into surrealism and like this macabre world.
0: Yeah it it, it surprised me, um, but I don't know. Once I was just so enveloped by this this. A uh, feeling that is so dense throughout the entire feeling. I, I looked back on that as um indicating the world view of this film being partly about how to these people life just feels like a cosmic joke. Um and that is all one hundred percent influenced by culture, but something that um, you know, people everywhere might deal with. Um, you know. Just the, the struggle to find meaning in life. Um, yeah, intrinsic yeah. value, which yeah. is
1: I, something that's a worldwide phenomenon right now. You know, there's a, a as we move towards automation, artificial intelligence, uh, or you know, automated intelligence, robots doing menial jobs, call mm-hmm. centers being taken over by robots, truck drivers, you know, only needing to oversee an uh, uh, automated truck li- leader. Mm-hmm. We are going to no longer be able to measure ourselves by, hi, my name is, and then have someone say, what do you do? That that will no longer be the same thing. We, we already know that GDP is a, a bad measure of wealth, and I think that what, what we see in this film is, is Hubo, maybe not overtly, but definitely reckoning with that, that idea of, like, do humans have intrinsic value, and can a human have an intrinsic value in a system ran like China's social system his rain mm. where everything is for the state and if there's an alley you can sweep for the state they demand you sweep it and if they pay you they might or they might just put you in prison if you don't mm-hmm. and how, how these social structures work you know we, we know that they've incorporated that um, that digital um, thing from Nosedive um, the Black mm. Mirror episode with Bryce Dallas Howard where there's the social rating mm. system Oh, I have seen that actually. Rape people now. And I don't know how wide the rollout is, but just imagine being someone as as free thinking as Hubo comes off in this film Mm. and just you know being surrounded by these people that are gonna measure how you behave. Like that is Mm. that is just someone that has negative thoughts or anxieties, like worse nightmares people watching you and judging how you behave constantly and, and just being overseen and judged. Yeah. and i feel like that might be really the, the way that the the world is beginning to shift and i i think that this is a larger reflection of global capitalism and and its the the fallout of it as we move towards automation and people move their intrinsic value away from hi my name is and i work at to you know like what do you do like with your time are you creative what do you like what do you know about you know we we have to move towards these intrinsic values and we have to see if systems will allow us to have these intrinsic values
0: yeah 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 I thought a little bit about like Antonioni's movies and Mm, uh, you know a movie like La Notte which is one of my favorite movies but like you know the ultra simple like thesis of that is something about like modernity being alienating but here it's like modernity is like uh despair fueling like it's just that to like the uh you know nth degree right um and i i appreciate it willing to go to that length because i believe i just believe the feeling in it um i don't ever feel like any of it was really um a put on you know um uh yeah it's uh, it's a lot there
1: um, just before we go, I guess, so the destination they're trying to get to is northern China. Mm. it's called menzuli mm. or menjuli um there is an elephant in a zoo there, so the film says,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there is no zoo in manjuuli, according to mm. all my google searches false um and and just some stuff to know about it it's um. In inner, it's in the inner province of Mongolia in China on the northern border of Russia and it's a Got port it. city mm. Um, so people that are going into Russia would go through this city it's a city gotcha. of I think 250,000 and it has like some just beautiful architecture but I, I think that there's something to be said for you, you know the old ideas of like there's freedom to be found or meaning to be found in the north or you mm. or, you know this idea of moving away from people that can tell us no and confine our our existence to this Mm. idea of going towards the tundra because northern china especially northern mongolia um is you know bordering on the the, um siberian um peninsula if i remember Mm. correctly which is just a strait of wasteland essentially Mm. it's kind of like going to the dakotas in the winter like you just don't go there. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think one of the opening shots or one of the shots in that opening montage is of sort of like a blanket of snow, which you never actually see. Um, yes. As if they've already reached it or something like that. Whatever. Or the, you make of the it. cover but, art
1: of the film yeah. has the silhouette of the elephant, which we never see. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing about Manjuli is it used to be an industrial town
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's been depopulating since I think the late 1990s, ever since they've been moving towards their technology infrastructure. Um, which i think is being run out of like south in southwest china interesting so there there is a a from what i can tell there's something that i don't understand because i'm not culturally chinese and i don't know the background that is super rich about what he's communicating about the towns that they're in why they're leaving and where it is that they want to get to
0: oh yeah 100 um I thought for sure after I watched it, I'd never want to uh, do it again, but like, just to like come at it from those angles, I think I would probably do it a second time, and I think I would find just as much there. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not really daunted by watching it again. Now yeah. that I've been through it once, it's like, no biggie.
0: No biggie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Contrary to its name, it was not an elephant to sit still through this one.
0: There you go. We did it.